0: Good evening, I'm Clarence Boone and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. Bring It On is a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 17th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Serve It To Me too. is a story of a young girl named Deja discovering her newfound interests and athletic abilities in tennis. After watching a tennis match between Venus and Serena on television, Deja is immediately inspired and picks up her very first tennis racket. Her journey explores the importance of courage, hard work, and the benefits of inclusion and diversity in junior sports. Born and raised in the Metro Detroit area, Bria and Taylor O'Neill are two fun-loving, sporty sisters who currently reside in Bloomington, Indiana. Originally inspired, Like Asia, by Venus and Serena Williams, they have been playing tennis since the young age of three and four years old. Taylor and Bria have enjoyed the responsibilities of being brand ambassadors for both the United States Tennis Association, otherwise known as USTA, as well as Justice Clothing Store, Girls with a Heart. Through their ambassadorships, they have promoted their passion for living healthy and fashionable lifestyles through various outlets, including their local communities, and online social media platforms. Serve It To Me Too was partially inspired to tell the story of many African-American girls who find inspiration in watching with the Williams sisters on the tennis court. And um, it took a book that showcases the joys and adversities of playing tennis in a way that children of all ages can understand. We are pleased to have Brian Taylor O'Neill. And and let me just say that we've been planning this interview for a little while and so glad we could pull (laughs) it together.
1: We
0: are uh, these so two, glad to be here. These two, uh, we're glad to have you. These two gave presentations during Black History Month, but I am so glad that we were able to secure them uh, for a slot on the Bring It On show. But they're with us this evening to acquaint themselves with our listeners and to share fascinating tennis stories and, of course, talk about their first book, first in a, in a series of book, books, I might say, Serve It to Me Too. Bria and Taylor, welcome to Bring It On.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> now,
0: at the time of this recording, you just told me that you rushed home from the tennis court. Here it is. <laughs> yes. um, it's about six in the evening, and, and you're, you're running in one door, and your parents are running back out to your brother's uh, basketball practice, right? Yeah. And, and brother had a game. He had a game. Okay. Yeah. So suffice to say, uh, this is a sports family.
1: Everybody student- but our mom. Yeah. About your mom?
0: well she's a manager. Yeah. No. She's gonna manage everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's like educator. That's she played trumpet in high school and that was about it. But athlete, nah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she just has
0: Are you saying that, that mom doesn't have some skills or that mom didn't have
1: the
2: time? To-
0: no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. When it comes
1: to schoolwork, books, writing, all of that, she got it. But athleticism, nah. Mm-hmm. We get that from our dad at <laughs> all. Okay.
0: It. Oh, okay. In your family. Taylor, and there's Bria, and who else?
1: Our little brother, Casey, who just turned 12, February. And then our little brother, Sean, who's
0: eight. On in sports as well?
1: Yeah, those who play basketball and baseball.
0: Basketball and baseball. Now, long tennis, do you two play any other sports?
1: No. ran track in sixth grade, but it just didn't give me the same feeling as tennis does. So I just... Okay.
0: All right, all right. Now, you, you referenced your father as having... That the sports uh, DNA in them. So, so what did your father do?
1: Um, he was a professional boxer.
0: Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. Your father boxed. Yes. Brothers play basketball. You two played tennis. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, was Our he ranked? Was he ranked uh, at one point in his life? Or yes,
1: yes. yes. Oh, okay. Yes.
0: Well, tell me about that.
1: Um, as far as we know, he had like a perfect record. Minus one, he lost one. Wow. Uh, It wasn't a loss. What what do they call it when you tie?
0: uh, Well, a draw.
1: I think that's what it's called. I don't know. I'm not familiar with boxing terminology.
0: Was this was this when he fought a Mike Tyson?
1: Um.
0: No, no. I'm just kidding. He probably. I don't. I I don't know if he did. They were the same. I do not think they
1: were in the same weight class. (laughs)
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. This is awesome. Okay. And so, mom is is the manager. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is good she
1: manages there the household
2: go. and everything sport okay. rankings making sure we all know where we got to be at certain times of the day so yeah and
0: that's a, and that's important that like, is important
2: hey i told you i needed them here early so we could get ready now we gotta rush.
0: <laughs> well this show can turn into a um we're gonna tell all the family secrets but we're not gonna do that because <laughs> mom and dad aren't there to hear it and we don't want them calling Mr. Boone after this interview. But um, no. <laughs> one thing I will say that is pretty great because it takes coordination, planning, as you talked about. Yes. And I know your mom and your dad are probably your two biggest cheerleaders
1: uh, yeah, to keep they you are.
0: motivated and going. Um, now, where does schoolwork fit into all this? Is are, are the ground what are the ground rules for involvement in sports?
1: <laughs> um, we're actually online students. Okay. We're at Bloomington South, but we're online, so we do our hours through the day. Right now, our schedule isn't as flexible during the day for practices and stuff like that, so, you know, we practice either late at night, work out early in the morning before school, and we figure it out that way.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. So, do you have a coach, a trainer, or a coach or someone, or, or who's your, who coaches? Um, we
1: have, we, we work with people, but for the most part, our dad is the one that we work with. Okay everything yeah. yeah no we have uh, a coach named Janella that we work with here in Bloomington and so he helps us with our fundamentals and stuff like that and stuff that our dad doesn't know about tennis but when it comes to like working out training getting us to the court that's our dad
0: so five in the morning you might be jogging around the uh the neighborhood or something huh?
1: well actually in our basement we have what we like to call a mini gym our dad is just like buys equipment like every week
0: <laughs>
1: for us to work out with. So we use the equipment we have.
0: Okay. Um, now, let, let me ask you a question. Now, just want to get this right. Um, who is the oldest? Taylor, are you the oldest or Bria?
2: No, I'm the youngest.
0: Okay. So Taylor, you're the youngest. Bria, you're the oldest. Yes. Okay. Um, what was your recent match and how did it turn out?
2: Um, I want to say my recent match was, I'm going to say, a couple months ago. Um, I played in the qualifiers and I won the back draw and everything. I won um, the tournament. I went for third place. I, um, lost in the semifinals. Um, the match went pretty well throughout the whole match. At the beginning, I was like, man, double falling. I don't know what's going on, but throughout the match, I started to get better. And then I had to face, um, four, four set points because for tennis and like tournaments that me and my sister planned. The third set is a 10-point tiebreaker, so it was either I have to win these next straight four points to win the game, or I would have to play a whole tiebreaker, and tiebreakers are very stressful. Yes, they're like, not professional coaster. Oh, man. It's... Our parents, when they try, they have to, like, take deep breaths when they're watching our tiebreakers, because so they're like, oh, my gosh, this whole match is based on 10 points. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty stressful, but. I won the match um, 6-3, 6-4, so it went pretty
0: well. Yay, okay, okay. And uh, Bria, your last match?
1: Um, My last match was actually, was it last weekend? I, too, lost in the semifinals. Did pretty well. We went into a match tiebreaker as well, so I won the first set, she won the second, and we fought for the third, and she ended up coming on top, but that's okay, because I next time that's
0: all good and this was the weekend of february the 19th and 20th right yes okay okay that there may be a delay in the actual airing of this show but just so our audience knows this was during um winter <laughs> <And> <laughs> during black history month and and uh now what is your ranking
1: um i don't know like it specifically because like it changes weekly so i, I see have to look it up, but I do know I'm within the top 20.
0: Excellent. And uh, Taylor, same for you. Where, where, where do you, uh, do you? I know, know my highest
2: right ranking for 14 and unders as of now, um, my highest ranking I've had was number eight, but that was the last time I looked and that was a couple months ago, so I would have to look as well because it's changing all the time because of tournaments, but I know I'm at least in the top 20 for sure for um, 14 and under Vienna.
0: Well, one thing I like is that You don't live and breathe rankings. It doesn't sound as if you wake up in the morning you have to go online to find out where you're ranked. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: That lets that lets lets me know that you're balanced. Um, Yes. Because then you start reading your reviews, you start reading sports scores and boxes and all that, and before you know it, you can be a nervous wreck.
1: Yeah. But
0: uh, that's good, and that's good. I and I hope you know. I can imagine that your parents sort of balance you out that way. That Yeah. We just
1: focus on our game and try to do best. There you
0: go. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about inspiration, Um, and it's pretty obvious because your story sort of mirrors the story (laughs) a little bit of two other well-known tennis players, and um, yes, tell us about how that went.
1: Um, Well, actually, we got into tennis because our dad didn't want us to cheerlead, (laughs) so he was driving past the tennis center with Mm -hmm. a couple of her friends, and one of her friends was like, Are you going to look them cheerily? And he was like, no, the world is going to be cheering for my babies. And that's how we got into tennis in the beginning.
0: Right. And so this was, so it it wasn't necessarily Venus and Serena inspiring you, but you took a natural curiosity toward uh, toward tennis.
1: Yeah, it was our dad that first got us onto the court, but that made us fall in love with it or, like, inspire us to continue. It would have definitely been, been a most well. insane. Yeah.
0: And, and what age did you start?
2: Um, I started at three. My sister started at four.
0: Okay, and um, three and four. So it's been a while. Okay, now, so, so would yeah. it be Williams sisters sort of inspire you? It, was it when you got to the sport and then you realized, hey, there are two other women that are playing tennis there?
2: Um, I felt like the age that they really inspired me so I could like really understand. Um, I want to say I was about seven, six or seven years old is when they really inspired me um, to want to keep going and to really find a career within it in college or professional. So. Okay.
0: And uh, Bria, same with you, uh, you just I saw think them. Like,
2: and- yeah, like seven, eight, like
1: nine between that age range just to see two African-American women dominating predominantly right sport it was just inspirational for us to see our own kind prevailing mm-hmm. like that and something that we played and we did
0: wow wow you know as I, I sit here I listen especially as you reference your dad's motivation and his encouragement and, and perhaps his is sort of his uh, guiding and steering a little bit it reminds me of a movie that's out now called King Richard, and you probably have heard yeah. all these similarities and everything, but yes. have you have you seen the movie yet? We have,
1: and we uh, recently did an interview with Rick Macy, who was actually the coach of Venus and Serena. We did an interview with him, I want to say, in January? Yeah. yeah, like early January. We did an interview with him, and he gave us some great insight in the game and the Williams sisters.
0: Now, have you met Venus and Serena?
1: No, no,
0: we have not. And now did, did their coach say that he may try to arrange that?
1: Um, we're talking about it because we've met him. You know, we've been to Florida um to work with him. And spring mm-hmm. break, we're also going up there. So,
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll take a pause right now, and I'll do a quick uh, ID for our show. For those that have just uh, joined in, it won't take you long to realize that we're talking to, to two young, up-and-coming African-American women. Young ladies right now, but will definitely make a mark, uh, I feel, in in the world of tennis. And they've taken a uh, strong uh, liking toward this sport. I'm talking to Bria and Taylor O'Neill. And uh, among other things, they're making their mark in tennis, but they've also done some things like write a book about their uh, inspiration for tennis through the eyes of Deja. And the name of it is Servant to Me Too. And uh, we're having a delightful conversation with them. Two well-grounded young ladies whose parents are supporting them in this endeavor. And uh, they're telling me about some of the luminaries in the sports world that they're meeting already at this young age. And we can, of course, look to see them in the future, no doubt, on TV. And speaking of uh, Keane Richard, you said you saw that movie. Just kind of drawing out some similarities. What kind of things did you draw out that you felt, wow, that's sort of similar to what we what we're going through?
2: Um, I want to say one thing that um, I see not only within ourselves, but also in our dad was he used to always, and what he still does, he always takes us out to the court all the time. Um, And both parents were really included within their um, daughter's tennis life and not only tennis in school as well. Both parents took schooling really serious as well as their sport. And their dad was always really invested into their tennis and our dad is really, really invested into our tennis to the point like he'll watch tennis videos all night and completely forget about sleep like, all the time. And then he'll wake up and be like, Taylor, Bree, I found this new thing. I want you guys to try on court. <laughs> he does oh that all the time. And then he always puts his best foot out there when we're on the court, no matter if it's him coming home from work or even if he's coming back from our brother's basketball games, he always gives 120% on the court no matter what happens. Um, Even when me and Bree are having a bad practice (laughs) and we're completely, like, missing and everything, he always um, is there to um, help us out with um, our tennis. And he always – he tries to make – he always makes tennis fun for me and Bree because um, playing tennis can be pretty stressful, especially – Preparing for tournaments and things like that, our dad has always been the one to help crack a joke on the court to yeah, make one of us smile. Stuff too
1: serious. He's like, "This is supposed to be fun. fun.
2: <laughs> calm down.
1: <laughs> practice." We're like, okay, okay.
0: Now, now, is he telling you two to t- calm down, or is he talking to himself? This is supposed He'll to. be He'll be fun. talking to us because we like <laughs> we take
1: it so serious, and sometimes we'll be playing like practice points and we get so in it. He's like, "You're not playing for Wimbledon yet. You can uh-huh. make." You can calm down, breathe,
0: have fun. Wow, I like the way he said. Yet,
1: yes, I know. I'm a fan for sure.
0: So, so preparation for a tournament. What's all involved with that? I mean, all we see is, say, the Saturday. Someone's on a clay court or grass court or whatever, and it looks as if well, it's just another match on the on the, on the calendar that I'm going to. But no, there's, there's a lot of preparation, and then there's a selection for the mm-hmm. tournament. So, can you kind of detail what goes into that?
1: Yes. Um. So as far as preparation, you know, make sure you're getting enough sleep. And like typically the day before we play, we try not to do anything as far as like working out or going to practice because we don't want to overburn our body. We want to give our body a chance to rest before we put it through heck for the weekend for a tournament. We want to make sure you're eating right, sleeping right, studying, making sure you can just get out the little kinks. But a big thing that we try to do is not focus on, like, this really, really small details before a tournament and consume our head with all this stuff we need to fix, but just, like, mastering the basics that we can before we go and play. And, like, sometimes it's not as much of a challenging match. We try to implement new
2: things that we've been learning on the court and stuff like that.
0: Okay. Um, Taylor, uh, same thing goes through your head when you're preparing?
2: Um, When I'm preparing for tournaments and matches um, I try and tend to think about the amount of matches that we'll have to play in a tournament um, and feel like that I'll have to get a certain amount of sleep, I'll have to eat right, and um, how many hours of practice I'm going to get in throughout each day. <coughs> oh, my gosh. Um, how many hours of practice we have to get in each day and um, not burning ourselves out. And also what Risa said would not really – focusing on like oh guy hands wrong or oh I keep um doing I keep tossing the ball wrong but i'm um, just worrying about the things that I can control on the court so
0: right do you study your opponents watch their videos or do you just hone in your skills and uh, in juniors they- it's
1: not it's not as much of that in juniors you know you can't like go on YouTube and look up our opponents but what we have to do is like when we play someone we'll write their names down and we'll write things that we remember about their game. And, you know, everybody's always elevating their games and bettering themselves on the court. So it may not be they have the same weakness that they did last time, but you have somewhat a sense of what their game may be. And so you can play to the knowledge that we already have of that opponent. But for someone that's new, we don't stress. We just say, play our game and we'll adjust as we play. Okay,
0: okay. Now, do you have um, opponents or... Or ladies who are in the sport that you, you correspond with, just to check in. I mean, you, I mean, friendships form. I can. Yeah. Imagine that how, how does that go?
1: Yeah, we actually met a girl years ago before we even moved to Indiana that we formed a pretty good relationship with. And our dads are they're cool, and our moms are cool. She actually lives out in Indianapolis, so like that's our tennis crew for the most part. And you know, we have. Okay. Our, Friends out in, Ind- but most of them are all in Indianapolis because that's where the tennis is at.
0: Okay. And I, I know uh, as you enter into Indianapolis, uh, you get off on, I guess, Southport or whatever. There's a big complex over there. Is that is that where a lot of matches are held? You know, in the south side of Indianapolis, all 37?
2: Is it called um, the IRC? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay,
0: they, okay. okay, Because IRC
1: um, and Popplex is where most of the tournaments are held. Also, I P Y.
2: Okay.
0: Um, now, you're in high school now. have yes. colleges, and I would assume they've, they've been reaching out to you, but uh, <laughs> are you getting weekly mail, monthly mail, or calls, <laughs> or inquiries, or or what's going on there?
1: We actually let our mom handle everything that we go through. So she ah, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Takes that stress off of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about before we get into the book do you have aspirations uh, to one day i mean we just got out of the winter olympics i know totally different than something but do you have aspirations of a one day ascending to that level
1: of course absolutely
0: so in the in the rankings how does it work first you have different tiers i imagine age-wise mm-hmm. um, but do they consider youth as well not you, but high schoolers as young as you, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, I think it ma- mainly has to do with rankings. Like right now, there's, in juniors, there are age divisions, but once you hit pro, it's like a free-for-all. You play ages, all types of women. It's just everything. Okay.
0: All right. Well, we, we sort of looked for that day when we could turn on TV and I could sit straight up and say, I, I talked to those two. <laughs> so,
2: yeah,
0: we're looking forward to that. Okay. During uh, the recent Black History Month, this, this past uh, February, you gave a presentation uh, to some people in the city of Bloomington. And how did yes. that go?
2: I think it went well. Do you think, so. <laughs> I think it pre- went pretty awesome. I did pretty. I did pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. You know, it's you have to have confidence, and you have to have you know some some uh, great self esteem, and you both exude it. Number one,
2: but Thank you. Uh, when you
0: when you talk to uh, the crowd, was it mainly young ladies or were there some, some young guys? It was there mainly
1: older women.
0: Older women, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I would have hoped that they would have packed the place with um, younger, you know, similar age yeah, um, that's young ladies hope in there.
1: That's, that's, us- that's the audience that we choose to target. You know, once you get older perspectives, is pretty much set in stone for the most part. But when you're mm-hmm. young, your brain, your perspectives, everything is easily influenced. Right, That's our target.
0: Uh, so, girls and girls and boys club. Do you make a point to get out there to talk to them? We've
1: actually had boys and girls club reach out to us over the summer, but the communication kind of stopped somehow on their part. Okay, information got lost. So, hopefully, we'll get another reach out from them soon. To okay.
0: Be. And, and then hopefully the Banneker Center uh, might be a place to go and talk to. Uh, they of do some course. good work over there. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But that's good. And I really like the fact that you're inspiring um, the younger generation because as you're learning the sport, you're learning about yourself, and one, your limitations, and you're pushing yourself to exceed these limitations. And before you know it, you're going to bat an eye, and three, four, five years is going to go by. And then yeah. when you get to that pro tier, and you will get to that pro tier,
2: Thanks. Then you're gonna
0: get you're gonna become more strategic and and then you're gonna perhaps get phone calls from somebody named Williams um, say hey I <laughs> checked you out on TV you know you're looking <laughs> great but um, just just stay the course okay now I'd like to kind of shift and talk about uh, a book that I've been sort of going through we got our oh, copy you, you got your copy too <laughs> yes <laughs> I want to hear about Deja um and this book entitled serve it to me too um okay who was inspired to put this together
1: we both were so through the justice summit that we were both part of through the girls with heart program that we were part of with justice there was a summit in april of 2019 of 2019 that we attended and there there was like young entrepreneurs, these are all females, young entrepreneurs, actors, athletes, actors, yeah. authors, illustrators. And so it was just so many, so much creativity exuding. And we just kind of took from that and from keynote speakers. And we just kind of put things together. When we heard certain things, we were like, we can do that. You know, like we have a story, we can do this and we can really reach people with the message that we're trying to send. And so we told our mom, like, we want to write a book. And, you know, okay. I mean, the educator is like, let's go. Yes. <laughs> so. And they
0: coached you on how to, to come up with the storyline or uh, the idea and how to outline all that good stuff. Uh,
1: no, we actually came up with that on our own. I did the right okay. like, piece and Taylor did the illustrating, but we would go with our mom to her job and read over my stuff. And sometimes she'll be like, no, nobody's going to want to read this. And sometimes she'd be like, this is great. We're keeping this. Let's go off of this more. We
0: oh, okay. There. Well, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly, um, really impressed by both the, the writing and the illustration. Uh, Taylor, you are quite the illustrator. Thank you. Um,
2: I actually had my dad look over um, my drawings because he can actually draw really well as well. Um, I feel like that's actually who I got it from in our family. And he would look at the drawings. He's like... Uh, that doesn't make sense, Taylor. That doesn't match with the words. You gotta change that around. I was like, oh, right. This has to match with the words. So um, I was really just trying to draw everything from Bria's words and what me and Brie's lives both were. Um, like in the book, it's they're not—they're not sisters. It's just one girl and then right. she has her one brother. Because in our lives, we have two brothers and there's two of us. That's so <laughs> it was really me trying to mash our family into one book, into two kids and everything. And then, you know, I threw in a little something-something in there. Like, I threw my dad in there with hair. Like, he doesn't have hair. So I was like, you know what? Let's try a little something-something with something <laughs> hair. Um, so I had a little bit of fun with it. So, yeah.
0: And you picked up with this in, in Michigan. I met in the Detroit area, Michigan. Is that where it yes. starts? um
2: Detroit, Detroit.
0: Now, yeah. marrying your life, was this sort of when things began for you, too, in Michigan, or was it later when you moved out of Michigan?
1: Actually, the summit be- the summit that we attended was when we were here. We moved here in July, July of 2018, so we actually created the book and the storyline and all of this here in Indiana.
0: Okay, so you, you drew upon experiences from Detroit, yes, and of course- Deja, was that sort of a combination of the two of you and this one individual? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, it's sort of one of the things that you that you uh, had a name to achieve was in this book, you wanted to explore the importance of courage, hard work, and the benefits of inclusion and diversity in junior sports. Um, yeah, tennis, you probably have to be a little courageous because you're going into an environment where there's not a lot of, Participants that may look like you. Not at all. No. And uh, how were some of those experiences when you first started out?
2: Um, well, for for me, um, it, was, it was a little bit hard at first, but I kind of realized that this is something that is going to take time to change and things like that. And at that time, when I was that young, I wasn't really thinking about uh, writing a book or anything like that right. to um, really put my message out there. But I really just kind of learned how to deal with it because um, in my, in a lot of my elementary schools, me and my sister went to two different elementary schools when we were younger. Um, and it was a lot of diversity in my school. So that wasn't really something that I was used to. But when I got into tennis, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to let my racket do the talking for me because it doesn't really matter what we all look like out here because we're all playing tennis. Um, but as I got older, um, I kind of did want to see other people that look like me um, playing the sport more because it was kind of a little bit frustrating um, going out there and being the only African-American out of 64 players in a tournament. That's, like, crazy to me. Um, And then you see all these other people in all these other races, and it's like, where's my race?
0: Right, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. I will say that it was probably easier for us to acclimate to the situation
1: because we had parents that were telling us how it is and what it was. So, like, we were somewhat mentally prepared for the culture shock that we experienced, but it still didn't, like, change the situation, if that makes sense.
0: Well, they could help you process it more. Yeah, they
1: showed us how to maneuver, you know, they just told us, you know, keep your confidence, keep your head held high. It doesn't matter if you're the only two. If you're going to be the only two, you're going to stand out. You know, you're going right, to true. Out. So and that's what we did. You
0: know, a long, long time ago uh, when I was sort of starting out my career, someone gave me some real great advice. It was uh, do not withdraw. Um, you'll be surprised in, in careers and, and business people that start out, they do anything to stand out right. Well, you're going to walk into a setting and you're going to stand out automatically. Exactly. So use that as a springboard to engage in mm-hmm. conversation, to sort of network and all those wonderful things. I'm, I'm quite sure that not, you know, your name precedes you to when you go to tournaments where people know you're on the way or they heard of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, after a match, after a match where, and I would imagine that you've had quite a number of victories, but after a match, is there a small talk between you and the opponent? And what are some of the things they may share with you?
1: Um, for the most part, it's just great match. You played great. You know, we tell their parents, you know, your daughter played a great match or they'll tell our parents. It's like very little, almost none conversation afterwards, mm-hmm. the time after the match. To be quite honest, and we just kind of like go home, go with our family, or talk to the friends that we do have there, yeah. Move on,
0: yeah. Well, it, it can sportsmanship is the thing, I with would, would, you know, and yes. all sports. And that's that was drilled into us when we were doing uh little league baseball. I mean, it's all about sportsmanship, it's about mm-hmm. shaking hands at the end of the match, it's not about getting physical or anything like that. No. Um, has have you had situations and, you know, you don't you don't have to get very specific, but do you feel like you were being taunted in some way or maybe trying, someone trying to draw you out in some way?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We've had targets happen. put on our back as the sisters, you know, like where they put us together in this one P and it's kind of like they act as if we are cheating them out of a match or we're trying to take something that belongs to them and they'll call the refs and, they'll get the waterworks and they'll start crying to the refs and like, oh my gosh, you did this to me. And then it's just like, you're sitting there and you don't want to be like, are you serious? Because then you look like the aggressor. You're just sitting there like, okay, I'm glad you got the ref. I'm glad you got the rest. So now they can see that I'm beating you fairly. You know, (laughs) it's it's situations like that that happens to us a lot. It's gotten I guess I would say, because like the refs just know Okay, well, we see these girls all the time. We watch their matches all the time. There's no issues with them. But, you know, if it makes our opponents feel better about themselves to have a uh, ref on the court, sure, why not? Bring them, bring them all.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Now you play doubles, you two as team members, or Uh, or are you allowed to?
1: We okay. do occasionally, but for the most part, we're singles players, but we are trying to get more into the doubles
2: Because me and my sister are in two different age brackets. Oh, I see.
0: We're 14 I see. and under.
2: She's in 16 and under. So, yeah. it's, so sometimes I'm at one tournament at a different facility, and then my sister is at another tournament at a different facility. And it's kind of like every weekend there's another tournament that me and my sister either have to play in. Um, but we have played doubles together before. We actually have a pretty good time playing doubles together. Um, Mm -hmm. Really trying to really get into it some more.
0: Well, we talked about the courage and we talked about the hard work that goes into this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you said something earlier that was interesting that you said you wanted to uh, find a way to have more people who look like you involved in this sport. Um, Now you consider yourselves ambassadors and, and that you go out and, your school and high school and try to recruit others um, to get involved with tennis or do you give presentations as you've been doing during black history month and yes. aspire to do, you know, after the month is over with other segments. And um, yes
1: I just feel like for the most part, it's like our people, you know, African-Americans, it's not so much that they're like, Oh, tennis isn't a bad thing. You know, they just feel kind of like tennis isn't my sport because tennis, right. t- is a white girl sport it's a white sport but if you see more of you in the sport and that's where venus and serena really came into play it's like they're dominating this how is this a white only sport when you have two queens dominating and i feel like if you see more inclusion in it then you'll realize okay i can play this too this is for everybody and they may really actually enjoy it you gotta
0: you make a good point uh i remember when i was when they first started out if we're flipping station and we see them, you're gonna watch the rest of the whole match. Absolutely. You know, you're know, you not gonna just check in for five minutes then go somewhere else on TV. You're gonna sit there, the next day you're gonna talk about it and you're gonna to begin to follow these two and you're gonna read the press clippings and on and on. And then the grand slams and, and then the Wimbledon and all these things that are going on. Um, but then the, something else, happens too where you have the haters that begin to critique everything they do what they wear how they wear their hair how they carry themselves you know don't don't ever show frustration oh please don't do that don't ever get angry you know this that and the other but does that permeate down to your level too where sometimes you feel like you're being critiqued
1: um absolutely I just like to think of it like everyone is critiquing you you're under a microscope no matter whatever you do Because, you know, our parents always tell us, like, when you go out of this house, you're representing us. Right. It doesn't matter who we're in front of. We try to keep the same demeanor throughout because it's like we're representing our parents. Our parents raise us well, so we're going to show you that when we go out.
2: Well, for me, every, like, tournament or really any and everything I go into, a lot of people, like, before they play any sport, like, you know, football players, they always go into something with a plan. I've never really been a person that goes into anything with a plan. I kind of just go in head first, and I really don't think about the repercussions or consequences or anything that becomes behind it, because I feel like when I start to think about things like that, that's when I start to get more stressed out, and then that's when I start to really um, focus on the things that I'm doing wrong, when there's so many things that all of us are doing right. On the court, so I, I feel like I kind of got this from my dad because my mom does not act like this. She has a schedule for everything. It's always a big book. Of, okay, we're doing this at this and this 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 this
0: at this. Oh. So,
2: but my dad, um, he always goes into everything head first. He doesn't think about the repercussions, and that's really how I do any and everything. Really, not just tennis, but with school and with any with our book presentations and things like that um I really do try and go in head first and not really think about anything else about
0: it all right well I'm going to do another um identification for our show and then when we come back I want to talk a little bit about Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles um and you kind of understand where I want to head next but Mm -hmm. for those who have just tuned tuned in I know you wish you would have tuned in earlier but Uh, take heart. You can always go back to our podcast uh, about a day or so after this airs at uh, www.wfhb.org and go to the public affairs tab and then look at Bring It On and and you can hear this uh, interview in its entirety. But for those who have been listening, you are enjoying a wonderful conversation with Bria and Taylor O'Neill. These are two tennis, I would say tennis up and coming phenoms are sharing a fascinating story of their life involving tennis and then also their life as uh, as publishers of a book serve it to me too and uh, this book is striving to uh, change attitudes towards uh, young black women in tennis and to sort of demystify um, just the sport itself and uh, we're so proud to have them on tonight before we Took that quick break. I said I want to come back and talk about Naomi Osaka, uh, who has just made her mark in tennis. My goodness, yes. uh, she's phenomenal! She, she is. is amazing. And Simone Biles, who has made her mark in gymnastics. Yes, you know that she is. And, and I forget the name of uh, uh, the lady, even in the Winter Olympics, uh, who was doing the snowboarding, uh, but there were high I mean, aspirations. Really? Okay, that's going to be a topic. Uh, you know, what you're watching, what you're doing in your, in your spare time. But for right now, Naomi Osaka, uh, your thoughts on her and just sort of what she's sort of had to endure during the last Olympics.
1: Um, I love Naomi, everything about her. But I think the biggest thing that makes her stand out is the fact that she utilizes her platform to bring awareness to situations, such mm-hmm. as when we were doing protest um of the summer and during the summer of 2020. Yeah and everything, she 2022 was- a hit, mean yeah. <laughs> 2022 a you 2021? Yes. She was wearing the mask um, of, of victims face. of police brutality. She was just bringing awareness. And there was actually some, when she won the US Open, the guy that was interviewing her and asking her questions right after the match asked her about what message she was trying to give off with the mask. And she asked him, what message did you receive? And it was not answered. But I feel like that kind of pressure to make people think and to ask people, you know, to make sure they're paying attention is something that I really love about. It. I feel the like
2: same. I took every word out of my mouth. You got to stop doing it.
0: <laughs> I think she's phenomenal. And she and Simone um, showed a another side of sports in that. People hold athletes up on a pedestal sometimes unfairly, where you're always being scrutinized. You know, you look at professional athletes out there, from Michael Jordan's on down uh, to the up-and-coming athletes, and then you look at some of the other sports that may not get as much attention. But these two young ladies in gymnastics and in tennis have represented well, and you could tell they they have trained intensely, um, and they are. They are so focused and the thing that I see happen sometimes is that you take these headliners and you run a whole marketing campaign around them leading up to the big events and they're on every other commercial and then they have a little montage of interviews with them and you show them as little girls as they're walking and playing and picking up rackets or uh, jumping on balance beams and then they're thrust in the limelight and then they're marched out there and told to perform. And, you know, they have other lives, too. Mm-hmm. And so if that's they're nice. not satisfying all of America the way they should, then that's a lot of pressure.
2: Really so
0: nice. uh, for Simone Biles, she took it in stride. And I like the way they both handled it. They assess the situation. And she just, like, speak to the hand, put the hand up and say, wait, wait, wait. I'm taking a little time out right now. And then she allowed other teammates to come on and, you know, just do outstanding things. In their particular uh, events. But then she came back and then yes. she she composed herself and, and took care of business. And, yes. and Naomi has shown that she can do that as well. Yeah. At your age, um, you spoke during this interview about how you sort of handled stresses and anxiety. And I think you're being well prepared for moments like that. Uh, if you could tell them something, you know, yeah. If you could tell Naomi and Simone something, yes. what would you tell them?
1: Um, I would say, like, you know, the mental stability is very, very important. And, you know, not knocking their vulnerability or anything like that. I feel like it's important to let your emotions go. We're not robots. We're athletes. And we still have emotions. And, you know, that should be validated as well. And I feel like if they just stay strong, they can block out America and realize, you know, I started tennis and gymnastics for me, not America. So. America can feel how they want to feel
2: about what I'm doing, but this is for me and what I need to do. I think they're
0: fine. Very well put.
2: One, first, I would say they have done some amazing things in their sport. Mm -hmm. Okay, Okay. that's be the first thing I would probably say. And second thing I would probably say, at least something that I always do when um, we're getting interviewed or anything like that, um, I feel like, or even when I'm on the court, I feel like if somebody's going to judge me, then they're going to judge me everybody has can have their own opinion about you that's not something that you can change that's something we've all been given um and i feel like if they're going to judge you because you're not doing something good enough or something like that i feel like if they're not in that place or space or if they're not at that level then their opinion really doesn't matter that's right. the, so right. something my mom always said um after an incident that happened at a tournament um, she was like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you won the match there's no reason for you to really be mad if someone else is trying to critique something or be like oh you didn't hit this forehand why well, you could have did this better you could have did this better well does it doesn't matter because I won the championship I won the US Open so it's really me that they're looking at they're not worried about your opinion when people are interviewing Osaka, they're like, oh, did you hear about such and such? Such and such said this, about you, such and such, we Like, no one's really saying that. They're talking about Osaka, what she did. Or Simone, they're like, what did you do? Not what other people are saying, because they're not in that place and space to judge
0: to begin with. You two possess a lot of wisdom.
2: (laughs) Thank you.
0: And uh, I I know where a lot of it comes from. (laughs) but uh, You're representing very well. Um, Okay, so w- we have started a conversation about *Servant to We sort of got into some other discussions. Now, we we, we talked at length about how the book uh, explored courage, and then it explored hard work and the benefits of inclusion and diversity in junior sports. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how you meld you melded both uh, your personality somewhat into uh, this character, Deja. Yeah. Um. And I like the way you you sort of lead her on this journey where, you know, she's, a bit, and I don't want to give it away because someone, you have to buy the book <laughs> to find this yes, out, but I will say <laughs> this. There, there's a very important, uh, I like the way it ends, and um, she just chases after tennis, and, yes. she, and she just declares, hey, I'm here, so mm-hmm. because I'm here, then serve it to me too, and I love that, but then you have questions at the back of the book, which I really appreciate, because it gets the reader to thinking further, not only about Asia, but about themselves. And uh, take that next step to be assertive and to go out there and, and make your mark. Anything? Any other aspects about your book that you both wrote, illustrated, and have published? Anything else you want our, our heroes to, to know about this?
1: Um. I think the biggest thing is just to get the message of inclusion out there, you know, it's not like the girls would be mean to Deja in the book. It was mainly about how Deja felt personally about being the only person that looked like her. And, you know, she went to her dad and she voiced her concern about it. Like, do, do you think this is for me? And that's what I have been told by like a lot of African-American females who are interested in tennis. It's kind of like they sway away from it because of the stigma connected to it of it being a white sport, and that's not the case. If you make your presence known and acknowledge and have it acknowledged, you can dominate it. It doesn't matter who you are, what color skin you have, none of that. You just work hard and do you.
0: All right. Um, do, you, do you plan to have gym shoes come out with their names on them next year? Or?
1: You know what? We should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, I, you know, that, that tends to sort of follow those who really are outstanding in any sport. They, they tend to have stylized gear and whatnot, so yeah, that's just a question. We actually
1: just opened up in back in November. We launched our online jewelry store for tennis. So we sell tennis necklaces and bracelets and earrings, tennis rackets, and our book is on there, too. It's called Swag Out Tennis. So you can visit swagouttennis.com and get you some merch.
0: So swagouttennis.com. Yes. For both the book and mm-hmm. your your designer jewelry. Yes. Um, and um, wow, well, you know, quite quite the entrepreneurs. Okay, I have three questions from my daughter because you inspired both of my daughters when they went to your presentation. And oh, we sort nice. of met up a little bit later on at an uh, event at the Muskirk Chumley. Yes. Where, where we talked about this particular interview. And, <laughs> and I, I introduced you formally to my daughters. But uh, uh, my oldest has this question. How do you guys plan out your story when you write your story? She loves to write, number one.
1: With our book?
0: Did, yeah. How did you plan? How did you map out this book?
1: Um, To be quite honest, we just kind of started with our own experiences. So the knowledge that we already had, and we kind of wanted to ease it out, but we didn't want to come out like aggressive with it because, you know, we wanted it to target children. So we had to cultivate the writing for which children can understand and comprehend and, you know, really connect to. So we started off with that, you know, Taylor just took my words and created some awesome illustrations to it to tell the story. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. As far as... Well- there's a writing process
0: you know mm-hmm.
1: my mom was walking me through and she helped me with that and so just putting together it was a lot of rough drafts and
2: so yeah well I feel like for me um for the drawing piece um I tried to have fun with it because mm-hmm. writing a book can be stressful within mm-hmm. itself <laughs> Very. um That Because I've seen it. I've seen my mom when she like wrote her dissertation. I saw how stressful (laughs) she made it look. So when me and my sister first went into it, it did seem stressful. But I I would want to tell people to just have fun with it. Because we're not only inspiring people to, of course, play tennis. Because that's what the original message was. But um, we're also inspiring other kids that they can write a book at a young age. um, And illustrate a book at a young age. And I feel like a lot of people can look at that and be like, man, that's such a huge accomplishment. I could never do something like that. Like a couple of years ago, if you would have asked me five, six years ago, was I going to be writing a book? I would have told you, "How Me? No. Book? <laughs> that don't sound right. Um, but I just really tried to have fun with it and with the personalities, because me and my sister have two different personalities. Um, I'm really silly, like all the time. My sister, oh my she's like, no, we have to do this, 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 this. Not this. all the time. <laughs> I'm not serious all the time, so don't try to paint me out. Like that. Um, okay. And then my. Bro- like
0: two sisters.
2: <laughs> my brothers, they have two different personalities as well. My brother Casey, he loves the piano, um, guitar, all that, and then my brother Sean's like sports what? only. Casey's like more out She's there like, what I don't know and they're always in competition all the time and I just really tried to show them the fun part of tennis
0: right
2: part of me and my sister's lives through the drawing because when I was in first grade you know what I'm just gonna say honestly till third grade and I looked at picture books I didn't read the words I was like I knew the story through the pictures. Through the Ooh. picture, yeah. And I know there's a lot of kids out there like me that's like, Ugh,
0: all these well, words. <laughs> well, well, pictures, pictures, as they say, you know, speak a thousand words, and that's true yeah. because uh, it, it, you know, stimulates that center in your brain uh, to sort of fill a lot of gaps rather quickly. I mean, it, yeah. and you may be a very visual person, which with your with your craft you're developing with illustration. You have to see it first and then bring it to life. Right. Uh, and and when, when we saw you at Ms. Woodson's presentation at the Postcard kirk Chumley, and she's an author and a lot of young ladies love her work. Uh, my, my two daughters have read a lot of her, her, her uh, particular books. Yeah. She said something that was interesting. She said, it is typically the case that a writer and an illustrator never talk once I the project know, I, is I handed off.
1: Very interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: And for our listeners who, who missed out on some yeah. of this great programming during Black History Month, uh, uh, she, uh, Miss Woodson, and I forget her first name. If you Jacqueline. Jacqueline, well, thank you, you saved me on that one. Jacqueline Woodson <laughs> made this very profound statement that when she writes a book, it is such the custom as with a lot of writers and illustrators. You hand the work off, you know, here is my child. Develop it or interpret it, and you don't talk. You you have periodic times when you come together to see the progress, but it's not. You don't micromanage the illustrator. You turn it over into your hands. So so Bria, you had to do that, and I kind of heard you say, "Well, my my sister took my words
1: mm-hmm. and
0: illustrated, and and that's yeah. that's trust." And mm-hmm. you two have a real great. Um, you could just see it. Well, you can hear it if you're listening to this broadcast. The relationship is there, <laughs> yeah. and the trust is there. So, my daughter's question was, you know, how do you guys plan out your story? And then the next one was, what publishing companies do you recommend? So she's already we thinking actually self
1: published. Yeah, we self published. Yes, because we wanted the ability to control our own income. With okay. the, so when you go through a publishing company, they're going to take a percentage. Of what you make, um, that's what the problem was with Amazon, and so we actually create our own website where we sell the book o'neill sisters.com so that mm-hmm. own income and put it back into what we're doing for ourselves because oh, yeah. it's expensive, it is,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm to tell you guys how it yeah. is. So we use
1: that income to pour back into ourselves and our passion, well right. So okay. I Sorry, I couldn't answer your question. I don't have any publishing houses. Well,
0: well, well you did. You did. And and I, I like how you, you just said, you know, look, hey, it's expensive, but yeah. you can self-publish. And there's so many tools out there now to do just that. Yes. Um, and, and you know, there wasn't a slam against Amazon because I don't want to get any nasty letters from Amazon. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah. No, not
0: at all. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, that, that's very wise. and And to do this at this age, just think now with the confidence you'll have in that next two or three or four books that you publish. Okay, so, and again, the question, the last question she had was, do you plan on writing more? And I and I answered that for you. Yes, you will be writing more.
2: Yes, absolutely. Question, so. <laughs>
0: okay, we have about a couple minutes left and, and we didn't even touch on this one topic. Um, AAU. AAU.
1: As far as I'm concerned, I always thought AAU was basketball.
0: Um, yeah, I
2: know. Like for tennis, it's ITF There's basketball. ITF.
0: So the equivalent of tennis is. So is there is there massive travel, massive events to yes. go to? Are yes. there a lot of required tournaments you have to go to? <laughs>
1: Um, like not necessarily required but actually there are some so this weekend I'm playing in the qualifiers and to, yeah it's you have to qualify to play in what's called the closed so in order to play in okay. the closed, you have to do well in the qualifiers so there's tournaments like that where okay. it's necessary for you to play one tournament to enter another one and for the most part, it's just enter and play and if you get selected be
2: able to play yeah for like certain levels of tournaments um it's based on like your ranking and things like that and your DTR and stuff like that so yeah
0: okay um and then the travel demands do you find yourselves is is this within easy traveling distance like Indianapolis Ohio or are you really going going out places
1: you can do both you tournaments all over everywhere that you can insert you know, you can go to Michigan, you can go to Florida. It's just based on what you can do, mm-hmm. based on your rankings and things like that, and what you can enter in tournaments.
0: Do you, as with AAU, I think a lot of times they need to have fundraisers. Yeah, to kind of get so. there. Do you yeah. get um, uh, support, scholarships, and kind type of assistance as USTA, you progress? There?
1: They do all. They do offer like grants and scholarship money. So okay. That, americans and stuff like that i'm pretty sure it's a
2: program
1: yeah we have received a couple of grants and scholarships through the usda to help support tennis okay
0: well ladies we have come to that time we have about a minute left
1: wow Um, it flew by (laughs) yeah
0: it it flies by and uh that just means a a couple months we we have to have you back so of course i I just want to say it's been a pleasure to have uh, Bria and Taylor O'Neill with us this evening to acquaint themselves with ours. our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you really honored us tonight and they shared their fascination with tennis. They talked about their life journey. And of course the book served it to me too, which by the way, if someone's interested, they can go to swag out tennis, S W A G out tennis.com. And get some of their outstanding jewelry as well as order this book. And, um, and, uh, or the O'Neill Sisters. Their webpage is O'NeillSisters, sistah And Bring It On is a multiple award-winning one-hour weekly public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting African-American communities beginning with South Central Indiana. Bring It On seeks to facilitate open and constructive dialogue among African-Americans and communities they reside in. And Bringing On airs on Monday evenings at 6 p.m. on WFHB 91.3 FM and 98.1 FM Volunteer Power Listener-Supported Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Or you can always listen live or download a podcast of the show at www.wfhb.org. And we want to thank you for tuning in to Bringing On Tonight. Our show's executive producer is yours truly, Clarence Boone. Our assistant producer is William Hosea. Our thanks to Kate Young, our WFHB News Department Director. Our original theme music was created by Jamel F.M. And be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On,